I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. That game was about as Steelers and Ravens as Steelers and Ravens can get. We talked all week leading into the game about how backup quarterbacks have had such an, uh, a fingerprint on this series, especially in the modern era, the, the 2010s. Sure. Dude, every quarterback that was possible to throw a pass in this game threw a pass in this game. Pickett and Trubisky for the Steelers, Huntley Huntley. and Brown for the Ravens. So all the quarterbacks, the the gun filled with quarterbacks, was the barrel was emptied as far as that was concerned. Was there a quarterback on the field who had a helmet that didn't get a pass off? No, that's what I mean. Yeah, right. All of the narrative around this series of, well, the backup quarterbacks always seem to have a way to make their imprint known on this series, on these individual games when they play. And lo and behold, every single backup, every single quarterback that was dressed had to play Huntley as a backup for Lamar. Then he gets hurt. So the backup to the backup has to come in for Baltimore. And Kenny throws one pass incomplete, has a couple of runs, and then he gets slammed down by Roquan Smith. And Mitch Trubisky has to come in in relief for the remainder of the game. Let's start with Kenny Pickett being in the concussion protocol. Obviously, things are going to be up in the air as we work our way through this week leading into the Carolina game. This ain't the first rodeo we've had with Kenny Pickett in concussion protocol. Remember in the Tampa Bay game, he left the game because of that. And we waited through the entire week to see if he would play, and then it was towards the end of the week that we realized he would be good to go against the Dolphins. It really wasn't. It was kind of before that. He kind of practiced all yeah. week long. So hopefully we get some, you know, we won't see any practice today, but we'll see what Tomlin says in his presser on Tuesday and then kind of read into what the uh, practice reps, the distribution of them, uh, tell you for the game against Carolina. But, yeah, it was a violent hit on Kenny. The only mm-hmm. thing that I... I scratch my head about is the fact that he came out came back in for a series and then left but i'm also not a a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist that thinks that the nfl's concussion protocol is always out to just ironclad throw the no i just i don't think it's out there to throw players back into the the machine and say Mm -hmm. ah you you might have a concussion but we gotta win this football game get back out there and give it your best shot i bet he probably goes into the blue tent you know seems relatively okay passes the test goes out there, has another series, man, 
my head kind of hurts a little bit. Or mm-hmm. wait, wait, what? What'd you say there? Uh, I'm sorry, I, I'm a little delayed. And as far as the play, like maybe just a little brain fog started to to creep in, and that's when you say, okay, sure. So I don't think it's anything malicious. You're gonna hear that a lot this week. Oh, what's the Steelers doing? What is the NFL doing? They need to investigate the third party doctor for sending him back in. No, I think concussions are just still, as much as we know about them, incredibly hard to diagnose, especially since it's an individual by individual case. Like, mm-hmm. dude, you could just take a nosedive off this table in the studio right now and land straight on your head and be completely fine. And then I could accidentally tap my head against this microphone and, and have a concussion. It's just, it's yeah. different strokes for different folks. So I'm not going to sit here and pound the table and be like, ah, oh, that third party needs to be a fire. They let him in the game when he was concussed. I, I think there was some symptoms that maybe emerged. 20 minutes after, after the initial hit right. happened. Which is also a possibility, right? Like, for That's anyone. That's with it, concussions, yeah, yeah. It can get worse, you know, as time goes by. You can seem by. fine in the initial, you know, recovery of it, and then as time progresses, you become more symptomatic. And that's exactly what Tomlin said, that he became symptomatic. Exactly. So there's no... You're going to hear people wonder about it, but there, I really don't think there's anything to wonder about there. I think it was just... Following the process as best as they could, mm-hmm. and if he was if he cleared initially, that he means he was cleared to play. He could go back in, but alas, he was not cleared to return after nope. that second series that he had, and it was Mitch Trubisky's turn to take over the reins. And Jacob, he comes in, and I'm like, and and Wolf even said this on the broadcast. This is the sign of a player that was hard done by early in the season, loses his starting job, but he was totally mentally into all of the practice reps in the time since his benching to this point where he had to come in off the bench. He looked confident. Mm-hmm. He looked like he was in charge of the offense. And he really looked like a veteran NFL quarterback. And first drive, he comes in, and it kind of gave me a little bit of confidence, to be honest with you. Uh, I would have never known how the game was going to unfold from there, but... I saw a quarterback in Trubisky that I, at the moment, when he first was inserted into the game, said to myself, they're going to win this game with him. He's a viable option, and he's moving the ball downfield pretty well, and you know, the, the ball looks good leaving his hands. That was my initial thoughts of seeing yeah. him. I understand the initial understand or the initial prognosis of the performance, but as the day went on, there were more and more questionable balls, but... I mean, he let his fir- the first drive he was in, it was a five-play, 64-yard touchdown drive. So, like, not only was that, you know, a good touchdown drive, but they did it with splash plays. You know, what was one thing we've been saying that the Steelers need to do more offensively? Enough with the 13-play, mm-hmm. perfect drives. Five plays. Five plays, beautiful. Plays, and the big yeah. play was the George Pickens 42-yard bomb. Uh, so that's why, that's why I'm saying, like, after that, I'm sitting there and I'm going, wow, you know, this— Guy's pushing the ball down the field a lot. He's playing with a lot of confidence and aggressiveness, which is something he talked about after the game. Yeah, he did. And I wonder if that confidence and aggressiveness became a little too overconfident, a Mm -hmm. little too over-aggressive, and it ended up costing the Steelers. Not the game, because there are other areas we'll touch on that cost them the game as well, but three interceptions ain't going to cut it. We were very critical of Pickett throwing three interceptions against the Jets as a reason why they lost that game. I got to have the same criticism here for Mitch Trubisky because those were inexcusable passes, especially the third one to Marcus Williams was was essentially a punt. I mean, he just threw it up for grabs and right. there was no way Deontay was going to And luckily run under that. for the Steelers, they got 
downed on their own one yard line. Yeah, that was lucky. But I mean, just to throw that ball up right. in the air like that when double you, coverage when you should see Marcus yeah. Williams back there right. as a safety shading over to Deontay's side. And by the way, uh, Ray Fittipaldo does a great job for the Post Gazette noted from the press box on that play, he had George Pickens on the other side of the field on one-on-one coverage. So he chose to go to the side of Something the field that into Kenny, double coverage. Kenny he takes advantage maybe, of the one-on-one yeah, right. all the time. So very, very questionable decisions for Mitch on those picks, and that last one especially is one that makes you scratch your head and go, what the heck was he doing? Because the other ones you're like, okay, Fryer, he said at the end of the game, Fryermuth got bumped on the line, didn't get into his route in time, the one that Roquan picked off. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people speculated that Steven Sims ran his route a little too shallow there. And Roquan was able to just jump in front and pick it off. And similar, the the Queen interception and the Smith interception looked very similar. Both of them, middle yes. of the field, could be just debatable if it was a receiver see. route, if it was timing issue. But, but clearly that, didn't see the defender. But that third one, I mean, to Marcus Williams, that's a mm-hmm. throw. I just mentioned how he came in and looked like, oh well, this is at least a veteran. That's a throw that you expect the rookie kid to make. And he comes to the sidelines and he goes. And your quarterback, Coach Mike Sullivan, goes, hey, uh, kid, maybe don't throw it up for grabs into double coverage next time. That's something that you should know not to do. And, again, maybe it was a product of Mitch being extra aggressive, trying to make a lot of plays happen. Mm-hmm. But that third one is the one that I look at, and I'm just like, that's a killer. They're all killers, but that one seemed especially backbreaking to me. Also, too, the, you have to think of when it came during the game, right? In the first half... Things were so close. I mean, things, it, the score was the same through all three interceptions, uh, essentially. And when he threw the third one, we had known, uh, the audience watching the game, that Tyler Huntley wasn't returning. So even though you were playing without your starting quarterback, you knew that they, the Ravens, from their, from their in forward, were moving on with uh, Anthony Brown at their quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so to... Have a drive that start that started off with you know a couple of big plays, eleven yards, ten yards, eleven yards, um, multi big plays, multi first down gaining plays, and then you throw this deep ball into the end zone. Yeah, you give them the ball back on their own one yard line, and yes, they really don't do much with it. They essentially go three and out, pinned in their own deep in their own uh, side of the field. But you should have known, or you sh- you easily could have had the game wherewithal to know they're playing with their third-string quarterback right now. They are so nervous. They're going to play so timid here moving forward. I know I've, I was criticized, and this is Mitch should have been saying to himself, I know I was criticized for not being aggressive enough, not taking enough deep shots, but that was just a deep shot you did not. It was on first down, Tom. You didn't need to take it. No. And you, you you had all the momentum going for you. You had the ball back in your possession. You had the quarterback advantage at that point. You were really unsure when it was uh Tyler Huntley versus Mitch. But when it was Brown versus Mitch, you definitely thought you had the advantage of quarterback. And the Ravens weren't really doing much even with Tyler Huntley in. Yes, they were running the ball effectively, but in the second half, the drive before the Mitch interception, Essentially only had uh, like a 20, 25-yard drive, and that was it. The very next drive, I don't think they got a first down after the interception. So the Ravens weren't doing anything threatening at the time. I think that Marcus Williams' interception kind of gave them a a completely unexpected 
boost of confidence. Well, made things so frustrating. It's frustrating. Frustrating. Beer Fest Bobo. You don't know that quote because you've never seen I don't, that movie. No. But it was frustrating to see how easy Mitch seemed to move the ball in the middle of the field. Like drives right. were happening. He was getting into the oh, red yeah. zone and then interception and then interception and then interception. On so, that drive, before the interception, there were four plays of at least 10 yards. And that's the same with it. I can look at all the drives that ended in interceptions. The first one, nine plays, 47 yards, deep into Ravens territory. Then on the very next Steelers possession, five plays, 52 yards. Into Ravens territory again, 42 seconds left on the halftime clock. You're thinking, all right, at least we get a field goal here. Nice little two for one. We get the ball back to start the second half, mm-hmm. and then you throw the interception. Yeah, so right. the Ravens end up leaving, uh, exiting the first half with their 13 to 7 lead intact. I mean, rather than it, it could have been 13 all. That's what made it because so... those two back to back drives. Could have got, could yeah, have both yeah. resulted in field 13 goals. all. Four, you could be leading 14 to 13 if you score a touchdown on one of those drives. If you really think about yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, it was all there for you, and you threw interceptions in the worst possible spots, but that's what makes it frustrating is because they were really moving the ball on that Ravens yeah, offense. Were. And uh, Mark Madden, my host that I work for, said on Twitter, it's interesting. Pickett doesn't throw the ball under the other team's hands. He hasn't done that since the bye week. Yet Trubisky kind of makes more plays down the field. And when you look at the stat line, that is true. He finished with those three interceptions, but he also threw for 260 or 276 yards. So he was obviously pushing the ball down the field, and he was trying to make plays happen with his arms, which is something that I think we've wanted Kenny to have and we've wanted Kenny to do. But also is Kenny trying to avoid every single chance to go downfield because he's trying to protect the football, trying to hold on to the rock. And listen, let's just say, and this is a hypothetical, and the Ravens are an incredible ball-hawking defense, so it's hard to say for sure Kenny wouldn't have thrown an interception if he had played the whole game. But let's just say that trend continues and he doesn't throw a pick like he has not all bye week. The Ravens only scored 16 points of offense. Steelers' M.O. has been, especially since the bye... No turnovers, and we score at least 20 points. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really firmly believe, and I'm allowed to do this because the hypo- the beautiful thing about the hypothetical game is no one can prove mm-hmm. it wrong. I think if Kenny's in there and he shows a little bit less of that aggressive nature that Mitch did and protects the football a little bit more, we're probably talking about at least an overtime game where the Steelers came back and, and at least equalized what the Ravens had by kicking field goals, or we're talking about a Steelers win. 20 to 16. Yeah, I think Kenny, if he's playing this game, isn't going to be as aggressive as Mitch, which isn't a bad thing when you think about it, because those three interceptions, maybe it's only one. So on those three potential scoring drives, say you still come away with six extra points, two field goals at the minimum, you win this game 20 to 16, Tom. I agree. I I know that people out there can pound the table and be like, you don't know that. You don't know that Kenny protects the football, and you're right, but I am going to use the track record that we have post-bye week to make a pretty educated guess mm-hmm. that maybe he throws one, but do you really think he's going to end up throwing the three interceptions? He, I don't even think he looks towards Deontay on the third one that, that Mitch threw. I, I think what Kenny does is he drops back, he reads Marcus Williams, oh, he shaded over to Deontay, and even if Deontay has a window where he's open, he probably looks away from that and says, just no need to even try that. Mm-hmm. Let's see what George is up to. He's one-on-one. Maybe I toss it up to him. Eh, maybe I just dump it down to Dodge. Like, I think that's probably the thought process he goes through. And 
that can be frustrating to other people because it's like, why are you being such a check down, Kenny? Why aren't you forcing the issue? Be aggressive. Be be aggressive. But I think that's kind of what has helped his maturation really accelerate in the past four weeks is let's not be too, too aggressive. Pick our shots wisely when we decide mm-hmm. to push the ball down the field, whereas Mitch, I think, was just like, I got nothing to lose. Uh, we're losing this football game. Not only can I show the Steelers, hey, maybe you benched me a little too early. I can show the rest of the NFL. You need a quarterback next year. Don't forget about old Mitch Trubisky here in Pittsburgh. I can still sling it a little bit. I think that was probably his mindset and his mentality, and it was bust more than it was boom for him. Yeah. uh, It's two different styles of quarterbacking between Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. Two styles and then two different mentalities, right, when you incorporate – their uh, their time spent in the league and their willingness to to kind of risk themselves to make a big play, and we kind of saw, I think, based off of Mitch's play, which quarterback the Steelers needed today or needed yesterday, and that was the style of Kenny Pickett, where this is going to be a physical game. This is going to go. This is going to come down to who's mentally smarter here, who can outthink or outmanipulate the other. And the Ravens kind of stuck to their MO, right? They, you know, they ran the ball like they always do, ran it just as well as they've ever had basically all season with the first time getting J.K. Dobbins back since week 16, ran for over 200 yards. So they kind of had the understanding of what their winning formula could be. And like you said, Tom, the Steelers had one. Don't turn the ball over. Hold the opposing offense to 16 or or a or around that number, and the Steelers are capable of putting up 14, 17, 20 points in a given day, and I think they were on their way to scoring north of 20. It's just with those three interceptions, they clearly, I mean, they left points on the board, as Mike Tomlin and Mitch both said in their in their press conferences. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Now, the interesting narrative that I'm starting to see, I started to see it on Twitter after the game yesterday was, okay, is it Mason Rudolph time now? If Kenny Pickett can't go mm-hmm. against Carolina, do you give Mason a shot? I don't know. I mean, who's to say that Mason doesn't make a couple of those same mistakes? It's, it's a lot of people out there that are just looking at the devil they don't know and automatically assuming that he's going to be better. And that's also kind of disingenuous because we know a little bit about this devil too. We've seen this guy play. I think Stan brought up a really sound point on the post game last night when he said the Steelers decided on Mason Rudolph after that Detroit game last year, the tie against the lions that they as an organization made up their mind on what they think of Mason and, if he does deserve a fair shake to be the backup or to even be the the bridge that Mitch mm-hmm. was at the beginning of the year, they they thought it was best to go in the other direction with two different quarterbacks there. And on top of that, you're now as a fan base banging the table for a guy in Mason Rudolph who hasn't taken really much reps in practice at all, hasn't run with the first teams except for maybe once or twice in training camp this year. I mean, hasn't had a helmet all year. 
and you're going to say he's now the guy you want to start at quarterback against the Panthers. Now, I get it. The season's pretty much over now that you've lost your eighth game, and I don't think 9-8 and eight gets you into the AFC playoff race. No. Even if you did get to 9-8 and eight and that does get you in, your tiebreakers are so in the gar- garbage right now that I-, I just feel that this was a game you had to you had to get to seven and seven if you really wanted to have hope. So now that that's by the wayside, maybe you say, "Oh, okay, well then throw Mason in there." But what do you need to see from him anymore? Mm-hmm. Like you know, the quarterback is Kenny of the future. Uh, I don't think that Mason's going to be the backup next year. I think he's going to want to move on, go somewhere else. I just I feel like you ride with Mitch th- as long as Kenny's out with a concussion. And uh, again, if Mitch throws four interceptions in a game. What's what's the big deal? You know, I mean, you you get a better draft pick. Yeah, I think now reality is starting starting to kind of settle in. Uh, when they still only had seven losses on, people could make the argument that they can get in as a ten and seven playoff team because a ten and seven record should be enough, right? It should be. The, the only thing they had to really argue was, can this team get to 10 wins on the season? Now that's impossible. Now you're looking at best a 9-8 and eight record. And a lot of people are coming to the rea- coming to terms with the, the reality that a 9-8 and eight record will not get you into the playoffs for reasons like you stated. A, there are going to be teams with better records ahead of them. And B, those teams that will have the same record are going to have probably better chances in terms of tiebreakers, whether it's uh, head-to-head, uh, divisional records, conference records. Steelers are not doing well in any of those right now. So wouldn't shock you if, if they somehow claw their way to a 9-8 and eight record, which would imply that they would have to win each of their last now four games, right? Yeah. And not an easy task when you have the Baltimore Ravens again, Cleveland again with Deshaun Watson playing now, and... I think now, because of that, because you just got your eighth loss on the season, the expectations kind of have to climb back to or fall back to the way that they were when when this team was two and six or three and seven. Oh, we have a chance to get a really high draft pick when this team clearly needs some more pieces. Even though it's got a lot of good pieces, there's clearly some areas where it needs more help, just more help. And you have the ability to help yourself by getting that better draft position on top of the position you were already gifted when Chicago got you that second-round pick for Chase Claypool. Yeah, exactly. So uh, uh, would you go with Mason or would you keep with Mitch? I think you have to stay with Mitch, right? Yeah, I would keep with Mitch. Well, ideally, I mean, ideally we want Kenny back. Like, that's right. the ideal. But... but if Kenny's not ready to go, this is clearly the one team I think you have remaining of your final four games that you can win – without Kenny or with Mitch and you're like if you're left with Mason. Right? It, it, this is the one team out of the four remaining between Carolina, Vegas, Baltimore, and Cleveland, where you can throw any of the three Steelers quarterbacks out in the field and think, doesn't matter who we play, we know we're the better team here. We should beat this we should beat this Carolina team. So should they? Yeah, they should. Carolina's real I mean, I know they just went into Seattle and beat Seattle. But I don't think Seattle is for real either. Like, I think it's a toss-up between, like, all these teams that we're talking about, Seattle, Pittsburgh, Carolina, they're in a toss-up tier where any given week they should be able to beat another team. Absolutely. 
But Pittsburgh should look at themselves and think, we should beat Carolina. Yeah, we'll get into more of that later yeah, in the right. week. The only thing that's in my head right now with Carolina, though, is they're a game back right now of Tampa Bay, and they control their own destiny right now when it comes to a playoff spot. So a little desperation there. Are they Carolina. behind they're a Atlanta? They're behind Tampa Bay. They're in front of Atlanta. At they're in second Atlanta. place. They're 5-8 and eight with a tiebreaker over the Falcons. They've already beaten the Tampa Bay Buccaneers once this year, and they play them again second to last week or last week of the season. So a 5-8 and eight Carolina Panthers team that controls their own destiny. Who would have ever thought you'd be speaking that into existence? But that's who the Steelers have to face off against on Sunday. They're a better team than the Panthers are, for sure. And Tomlin kind of has a knack to you know slow teams roll like the Panthers are on right now, especially when the Panthers aren't that good of a team to begin with. Um, but... It's going to be a tougher game than I think you know people imagined five weeks ago when the Panthers were firing Matt Rule and really looked like they were floundering with P.J. Walker mm-hmm. ending up playing some quarterback for them. Right. But I, uh, I I think you stick with Mitch. I hope that Kenny is back in the fold, but people want to also put a lot of blame on Mitch for this game and say the reason why the Steelers lost was Mitch. Absolutely, he had a key contributing factor to the loss, but... It's woefully ignorant to just say, well, three interceptions from Mitch, that's that's how you lose the game. There, There's a lot more to peel back of this onion, for mm-hmm. sure, when you when you come up with reasons why the team lost. So let's get into the defensive side of the ball sure, because, hey, 16 points per game allowed, I'll take that every day of the week. But However, the way they got to the 16 mm-hmm. points was very uh, upsetting and hard to stomach. So we'll we'll switch things over to the defensive side of the ball next. Reminder, you can subscribe to any episode of the Steelers Standard. Just go to the iHeartRadio app, the Steelers uh, website, Steelers app, or Apple and Spotify. Download, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and a nice review if you'd like. You know what? You can be mean to Jacob, but just be nice to me because I'm very fragile. Well, I know you can take it. That's why I say that. I can. He's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Offerman. Talking about the defensive side of the ball next on the Steelers Standard. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 